All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. As always, I'm Logan, sitting here with Ryan, Morgan, and Dustin. And be sure to go follow us on Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a great review. All right, jumping things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick things off. Oh, joy. I got to go first. Let's see, the good. Uh, Bridget rolled over the other day. Hey. Yeah. Not even seven weeks old, already rolled over. And she got to meet her grandpa today. My dad came up for lunch and came by and uh, he got to meet her and hold her and take some pictures. Uh, nice. Very Morgan's nice. showing us a picture right now for Radio Land. That's <laughs> bad, the bad. Um, pretty much the only thing I can think of is an over trip to Raleigh this, this this January. I'm pretty pretty bummed about that, but you know, it's is what it is everything's been canceled and uh also just with that not being able to see you guys and the rest of my friends who come and hang out for the road trip to raleigh so that was a pretty bummer ugly part for this one is old morgan here's going to visit the doctor tomorrow to close up it's uh closed for business <laughs> uh, snip snap snip snap snip snap do you know the toll that takes on a man's body <laughs> <laughs> it's not even during March madness seriously <laughs> Uh, so, um, closing shop, no more kids. And then also the other, part, I have two uglies. The other one is Radford got caught drinking and driving, suspended, kicked off the team. Which team? Virginia Tech basketball. <laughs> I was a big jerk. The team that has more wins than your UNC chapel. All right, all right, all right, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> I always found it, uh, this situation I'm not laughing at, but I'm laughing at, uh, the fact that there's a player named Radford on Virginia Tech. That, yeah, that is, I always find that, yeah, that, that's pretty funny. For, for those who don't know, Radford is a school 15 minutes away from just a college Virginia, just Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah. All right, uh, Dustin, go ahead. Good, bad, the ugly. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, kind of like Morgan, uh, Emmy's sitting up on her own mostly, which is pretty awesome. Um, Sweet. yeah, the, uh, we had to drop the crib down because the daycare told us that she was, she was sleeping. And when they went in the check on her, she was awake, just sitting there playing like in the middle of the, <laughs> of the crib, which means she could start like pulling and trying to crawl out. Mm-hmm. So we had to put a little distance between her and the top. Um, she's also getting real close to crawling, um, yeah. and, or like trying to pull herself up, um, as some of you have seen through videos or snapchats um so yeah that's exciting until i'm running after her then it's going to be the bad and the ugly every week um then morgan shaking his head yes uh the other good uh duke finally broke their three game losing streak three game slide there for first time since 2016 um so one game above 500 something to celebrate Durham this year, which is sad. You hear that three game losing streak for Duke. Like that's well, it's been four years, five years. So in the in conference. Um bad is a three game losing streak. We don't have to belabor that, but I'm just gonna put that in there. And then ugly is uh I, I was gonna throw in there not being able to come down to Raleigh and do our normal road trip to Raleigh weekend, which uh, you know, is one of our favorite bands plus opening bands like it's a two-night concert in downtown raleigh we do we have a lot of fun the four of us plus wives and 
other friends and stuff. And so it's ugly or maybe sad that we can't do it this year. Pressing. All right, Ryan, take it away. Um, so for my good, I, I texted the guys about this earlier in the week, but um, I dove back into the last two episodes and of, of a show that me and my wife really like to watch. And I really appreciated the Somebody Feed Phil episode of the Mississippi Delta. Um, I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to watch it, but it's really good. It's really, uh, really well done. Um, it, his show reminds me a little bit of Bourdain. Uh, obviously, there might be a spot there missing in my life with uh, with that dude <laughs> in his show. But uh, this is really well done, and it, it, it fit the, the Southern uh, narrative as well. So, again, mentioned it before, but if people are looking for something to watch, that's definitely something that's good. Um, another good that's kind of bad. I've been kind of negative the past couple of weeks. So I figured I'd try and go positive this week. A good that's kind of bad is, uh, we spent our first night officially at our place, kind of still doing some work on it to get it up to speed. Um, but our first official night there, um, we walked out to the, there's a little pier there. Naturally it was covered with fog. Um, <laughs> I saved you guys, spared you guys the pictures, but I do have a picture of it. It's pretty funny. Uh, so we, we chilled out there for a little bit and then we went back to what we thought was a comfortable air mattress. I apologize to anyone who's ever come to my house and tried to sleep on that air mattress. Um, I got no sleep. The positive is we did both see the sunrise since we were not sleeping. So <laughs> we saw our first <laughs> sunrise at our house <laughs> and then, uh, I have a good, Morgan, go ahead. Morgan, how many times have you slept on that air mattress? Twice. Two times too many. <laughs> first time that you guys got to meet Crystal, we stayed on an air mattress. That was her first impression of you guys was that blow-up mattress. Hey, well, I, it's better than putting people on a couch, I thought. It shows how much I know for hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So I had a good, bad, and an unusual as opposed to an ugly. Um, I gave a presentation last week at work, for those that don't know. Um, I work loosely uh, within uh, a company that that my dad helped to create. He's not the boss there. He's kind of moved on. But um, I didn't realize, actually, that he was uh, on this call. He's not usually on the call. I'm not usually paying attention once I start giving a presentation. And he actually called me afterwards, and he said, like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm proud of you. And uh, I was like, oh, this is weird. So <laughs> I, I didn't realize he was, he was on the call until later. <laughs> so uh, I thought that that was an unusual, but for the – Stuff I've talked about in the past with like Chase Elliott and doing your dad's work and stuff like that. I figured it was it was appropriate here. So good, bad, but good and unusual. All right. For me, um, you know, NC State finally broke their three game losing streak uh, that we had beat Wake Forest. So that was good. But it came at a cost because bad Devin Daniels was ruled out for the year today with an injury sustained against Wake Forest. So the ugly ties into that with the rest of our season. <laughs> so good, the bad, and the ugly revolves around NC State shit rearing its ugly head once again. <laughs> Story of Logan's life. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> all right, that's enough talk of, about uh, NC State athletics for right now. So I want to throw it over to Ryan for this week's edition of the Southern 64. All right, so this week we're doing the sports category of the Southern 64. Last week we had... Um, the first round. And so this week we'll go through the second round. I think last week we picked mostly chalk. So we'll see if anything shakes up this week. So let's dive right in. Uh, sp again, sports figures uh, for the South are loosely related to the South. Our number one seed purposely meant to cause uh, discussion. Michael Jordan versus the number 16 seed, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. 
I would remind everyone that this is all about our personal feelings and nothing to do with what's objectively arguable. Yeah, Tim Tebow. (laughs) Hey, look, Tim Tebow is a two-time national champion. He's an accomplished announcer. Um, He is an inspiration to thousands, tens of thousands, I don't know, millions. Um, He's a Heisman winner. Tim Tebow, all day long. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna use a non sports way of uh judging these two. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is a fantastic human being and Michael Jordan is a degenerate gambling womanizer, so Tim Tebow. So I yeah, wondered if you can explain what your answer is and why it's Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if I wondered if that would happen. That's great. So the four of us basically all picked Tim Tebow. Tim no, Tebow has gambling problems either. So for the first time in history, a 16 seed has finally taken down a one seed and it could not be sweeter or a more bless your heart moment here. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the first time the Southern 64 has been done. So, so <laughs> the inaugural <laughs> tournament, the one seed gets knocked out. <laughs> uh, for being a Carolina fan, I'm not a huge fan of Jordan. I'll just put that out on air. <laughs> anyway, anyways, um, eight versus nine. So we've got Frank Beamer versus the 90s Atlanta Braves as the nine seed. Frank Beamer. Hey, now, that, now that we have Morgan's trash opinion out of the way, it's the <laughs> 1990s Atlanta Braves because that, uh, that was a fantastic run. The Atlanta Braves went on 14, it, it, going into the early 2000s, 14 straight division championships, arguably the greatest uh, starting five rotation of all time ever assembled with Greg Maddox, Tommy Glavin, and then the rotation of other good pitchers they would throw in. Oh, Smoltz, too, when he was still in the rotation. It's the Atlanta Braves. Steve Avery. Yeah, Steve Avery. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the best pitching starting staff ever, period. Oh, I, I, like, I agree with you. One, two, three. You, Molded men. Yeah, how do you hate Chipper Jones? I love Chipper I Jones. Chipper Jones. I don't hate anything about that 90s Atlanta Braves, but I'm going to What's more him. Southern than when Freddie Freeman got stuck on the side of the highway in the snow? few years ago chipper jones rode his four-wheeler down there to pick him up and and save the day so <laughs> the reason frank, i frank beamer took young adults out of uh hampton roads and gave them a shot at life by recruiting them and having them come play for virginia tech and then getting them into the nfl in the 1990s atlanta braves went to the neighborhoods on tbs and gave kids an afternoon show they were streets <laughs> at the time at the time they were branded as America's team so in baseball I mean with the TBS superstation they were America's team yeah there was no doubt everyone watched the Bra- I've met people from Arizona who were Braves fans they grew up in the 90s yeah like, they were America's team and to be, fair, to be fair uh Morgan I like Frank Beamer and I respect Frank Beamer but I'm going with the Braves right. <laughs> the right way every time <laughs> yeah I got I'm generally a Frank Beamer defender for whatever it's worth. Yeah. Going? 90s Braves. In this matchup of teams that go all the way to the championship and lose, I'm taking the 90s Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan just told us we were number 11. <laughs> well, the next, the next game is the 12 seed. So, sorry, Morgan. It's the 12 seed versus the 5 seed. We've got a battle of coaches here. Uh, Coach K is the five seed. Jimmy V is the 12 seed. Ooh. Ooh. So, Coach K, greatest of all time, period. Doesn't so matter. F- for this one, they both, you know, were 
fantastic figures for the programs they're in. Jimmy V's an inspiration and 83, you know, cardiac pack is, that's a great 30 for 30. And, uh, you know, something that the people that were alive will always remember, but coach K is greatest coach of all time in basketball. And I got to go with the boys in blue, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. Co- coach K. Uh, you, I think you pretty much summed it up. I agree. That's and for whatever it's worth, Coach K and Jimmy V, once Jimmy V was no longer a coach, were buddies. Yeah. And the only reason, and a big reason that Jimmy V gave his speech at the ESPYs was because Coach K, and I believe, was it Dick Vitale, helped him get there. I think it was, yeah. And and encouraged him to do it. So they were integral pieces to that and cared a lot for him. But anyway, you already know my pick, Coach K. What's Coach K's Olympic record and what he's done for the Olympic team? Um, being able to coach the best of the best. We'll go with Coach K as the five seed to take this one. All right. Um, four seed, Nick Saban. He's one notch above Coach K for that reason, that he just won a title. Versus the 13 seed, uh, NC State. Wisconsin. Can't, can't call him an alum. But he is also, an alum. He is he? Got his, he got his undergrad at NC State. So, yeah, he's an alum. NC State alum, Russell Wilson. Yep. 13 seed. Russell, the wild card. So last time I went with the uh, the logical pick with Coach K. Nick Saban <laughs> is the um, you know the greatest college football coach of all time in my view, and it's impressive what he's been able to do at Alabama. But give me Russell Wilson all day over a seven-time national champion. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I appreciate the pick. If you're, if I went to NC State, I would pick him too. But Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach ever. Period. So, Nick Saban, Morgan, and he's grumpy, and I like grumpy he people. Be, uh, a, a, he might be a grumpy d bag, but Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach. Agreed. I, I'm gonna go with N- Nicky. <laughs> All right. So you guys took my pick, and for that reason, the name of this podcast is Miserable and Reckless. And if there's one thing Russell Wilson isn't, it's miserable. He is the happiest dude in the world. He is another one of these wonderful role models. And we've already picked for one role model. So I'm picking the grumpy guy in this one. The seven-time <laughs> champion, Nick Saban. <laughs> this next one should be really good. All right. Number six, Dabo Clemson versus number 11, Mac Brown. National champion, not at North Carolina. Mac Brown. That part in there. Well, I guess I'll start. Do I need to off. go first? Yeah, you go first. I was going to say. Go on and get yours out of the way. <laughs> no, here's, here's what it is. Two guys came in, two guys turned around programs. Two guys did it within a matter of one to two years. And that's why I'm going with number six, Dabo Sweeney. Well, I can't really disagree with you then. That kind of is, I was looking forward to a little bit of confrontation there. But yeah, screw Mac Brown nope. is Dabo and Little Old Clemson. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a little old Clemson. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Matlock, but you know, I prefer uh, Dabo and Clemson over that. So I don't, I wouldn't care if they had equal records or what, or if Dabo wasn't as good. No way, I'm picking Mac Brown. I mean, Screw Mac Brown. What is this? We got I, I, IPAs. It's always Sunny versus Insure and Matlock. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dabo. <laughs> All right, I figured that would be an easy one. I've been on record 21 episodes in. Oh, people how know you, how much I like. People know how much I like Mac how Brown. Would you like this next? <laughs> yeah, well, the three seed oh. naturally is Dale Dale Senior, and the 14 seed 
Seed is his son, Dale Jr. Now, who has done more for NASCAR than senior or junior? That's what I ask you. That's what I place before the court. <laughs> well, the, the Jeff Gordon senior uh, battle, the back and forth, the rivalry, is what put NASCAR on people's yeah. minds outside of the Southeast. If it weren't for that, it wouldn't be a nationwide sport. If it weren't for that, Dell Jr. wouldn't have a, a career in it. So, so I'm I'm senior all day long. I'm a I'm a homer for that. Plus, I don't really care about NASCAR anymore. Since it, it ain't the same since we lost senior <laughs> as our as our musical <laughs> guest Sonny Ledford said recently. I like Junior Morgan. a lot. I think he. Uh, I think that you know he has a great podcast. He has, uh, I mean, I, I watched him on an uh, episode of Straight Up Steve Austin. He was the guest Stone Cold had one time. It was a good episode. He seems like a real cool guy. Redskins fan, but I'm going with Senior in this regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Intimidator all day. Logan, I thought for sure you'd pick Dale Junior with the hat on backwards, the glasses, the dip cup. That <laughs> <laughs> seems like a cool dude to have a Budweiser with and watch the Redskins game. Yeah. I want to hang out in the suite at the Redskins game with him and have a couple of beers and, and talk about how terrible the franchise is. But, you know. Oh, just wait till we get Matt Stafford and we have uh, we go from going seven to nine to about ten and six. And then we still <laughs> lose in the first round of the playoffs. And then we don't have a first round draft pick next year because of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I, we need a quarterback. Anyways, I'm derailing us here. <laughs> The one thing that I will say about listening to Dale Jr.'s podcast since you brought it up, I do a lot of traveling, at least back in the day, and it's always appreciated every time I hear him come on and that North Carolina accent go when he starts getting excited about something, whether it's the <laughs> Kentucky Derby or a wreck or, yes, yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's funny. All right, number seven versus number 10. Seven seed is Dean Smith. Ten seed is Roy Williams. They are seated appropriately. Roy Williams all day. I have a little news flash for all my friends in Chapel Hill, uh, Rainbow Land, and that is that Roy Williams is a superior coach to Dean Smith, and no one outside of the uh, city of Chapel Hill disputes that. But for some reason, I, one of my buddies says that people in Chapel Hill hold people in regard. There's Jesus, and then there's Dean Smith. But that ain't, that ain't true. It's Roy Williams above Dean Smith. I'm going with Roy. Dean Smith was the only man who kept uh, Michael Jordan under what twenty points. Something like I that. I think that was. I think that's the stat. Yeah. yeah. Come that's on. Saying. <laughs> I mean, it's and and also he introduced us or made popular. I didn't create, but made popular the four corners offense, which is yep. atrocious. Yep. And Rule Williams has won three national titles. Oh, it's but Dustin, Williams. don't forget that Dean Smith invented pointing to the assist man and holding the fist up when you're tired. <laughs> oh, okay, good good contribution. <laughs> don't get me wrong. The man won a lot, but and Carolina became a more important program under him, but Roy Williams is head and shoulders a better coach. He's college basketball's Bobby Cox is what he is. Nobody has done so little with so much. Agree, 100%. Morgan, do you have an opinion before I stick up for old Dean? <laughs> um, no, I don't have an opinion. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go Roy Williams. All right. Well, then Roy wins it. But, Logan, I agree with your point in theory because he's one more. Um, but as far as who's a bigger figurehead, 
and these types of towns and these types of places, Dean Smith still will be the bigger figurehead because he's done more for the program. Just like when Coach K retires in 30 years or whenever it is that his genetically modified hair allows him to, <laughs> then the next coach that comes along will probably be pretty damn good and will probably win more like Roy does. But everyone will worship the ground that Coach K court walks on. So. <laughs> I disagree. The program will not be as good under the next head coach, no matter who it is. The, one, the next coach will not win five national championships and have the most wins ever by head coach in college basketball. Mm. You can go ahead and take that to the bank. Well, speaking of most wins ever, that leads us to our next guy. Richard Petty is the two seed, uh, seven-time champion in NASCAR. And just for fun, as the 15 seed, obviously with the 16 seed, we had Tebow. <laughs> with the 15 seed, we have famed NASCAR reporter and Southern gentleman and Radford alum. Uh, Marty Smith. Thoughts? I'm I'm going I'm going petty. You don't kick a seven time guy out for Marty Smith, and I don't think Marty would be mad about it. Petty all day. Well, I tell you what, I have no allegiance to Richard Petty. One, his whiskey wasn't very good. <laughs> Two, I didn't watch NASCAR when he was around. I get he was a big part of the history of it, but like, it doesn't mean anything to me. Three, I love Marty Smith. I listen to Marty and McGee every Saturday, even during non-football seasons. Sure. I read his book, which is fantastic. I listen to his podcast very regularly. Like, Marty Smith, all day long. I don't care. I'd much rather meet and hang out with Marty Smith than Richard Petty. And that's my uh, logic on this particular pick. I don't have a strong opinion of either of them. So just to make it interesting us to have to go to the uh, Facebook audience, I'm going with Marty Smith. <laughs> there's Excellent. Your there's our, there's our tie. All right. So uh, we should probably tweet at Marty Smith and ask him what he feels about this pick. <laughs> <laughs> I have a well, feeling Mar- he, he would side with me. <laughs> As like a 17 year NASCAR reporter, he will of course be humble and say, but <laughs> sorry, no. Wrong. Wrong, Marty. So that's it. So we got Tim Tebow, the 90s Atlanta Braves, Coach K, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Dale Sr., Roy Williams, and potentially Marty Smith or Richard Petty advancing to the second round. I'd say that's a solid sports uh, sports bracket. Agreed. I think Frank really got screwed on the seating. <laughs> <laughs> you can lodge your complaint in our suggestion box. It's a uh, lunch pail. <laughs> put him up against mr badger russell wilson <laughs> hey it's a whole pack of badgers <laughs> all right moving into our next topic um as the guys have uh mentioned on here during the good the bad and the ugly this is normally the weekend where uh our annual road trip to raleigh um happens where one of the our, uh, my favorite bands, American Aquarium, has people come from, uh, like, I think last year you said it was like 48 different states, six different countries. They come to Raleigh at the Lincoln Theater, sell it out for two nights straight. And um, it's, it's just a really good time. Um, I've been, I've gone every year. Dustin and Morgan have been every year, but the first year. And then uh, Angle has started coming last couple of years as well. And um, it's, it kind of sucks, you know, with everything going on, this isn't going to happen this year. But it kind of got us to thinking, you know, um, music related. What are some songs that are kind of, autobiographical or relatable to us as individuals that may come from, you know, some of the bands we listen to. So I kind of wanted to, you know, throw that out there. Uh, whoever wants to take it first on uh, what's, what's a song that you find very relatable and autobiographical. I can go. 
Um, I'll start with after this, this whole year. Um, so what I tried to do with this exercise was listen to stuff that I actually like to listen to that reminds me of a situation or a time or a place that I'm either in or I immediately relate to as opposed to like, I like Coldplay, so I like this song. Like, <laughs> there's no Coldplay on this list. There's no Fleetwood Mac on this list. So um, something that's been bugging me for a while now, um, basically almost since I left North Carolina, um, is the pace of DC life up here. And it, I, I've kind of broken uh, songs that I like down into four themes. And one of them is definitely, I really appreciate a song that teaches or reminds you to slow down. Um, and so the song, there was a couple that I had in my, uh, in my mind, there's a song by Kenny Chesney, literally just called noise. There's another song by Scotty McCreary called home in my mind, which is about being in a hotel and not being able to get home to North Carolina. Um, but the one that I picked was Hudson Moore, uh, where city lights don't shine. And it's a, it's a, it's a quiet song. It's a very simple song. Um, I actually couldn't find the lyrics for it online, so I'm not sure how well known, uh, Hudson Moore is. But um, he basically says uh, um, he he wants to leave the city and 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 just and not forever, but just go to somewhere where he can slow down, sever all the ties that tie me to the daily grind that grinds me down. Life can be so complicated. Getting ahead is overrated. Happiness is what you leave behind. That's why I come out here, build a fire, and drink some beer. Find a little peace of mind where city lights don't shine. And that's uh that's one that especially speaks to me because even as I'm doing this podcast, I'm looking out the window and I can see the lights of the city and Walter Reed and all the craziness that's happened here in the last year. We don't need to go into it, but there's been a lot of stuff and uh, that's gone by the windows. Uh, and and that song's a good song for me. So that's relatable for me, uh, not just this year, but pretty much since I moved to this area. It's it's crazy mm-hmm. here. Um, I'll I'll I'll. I'll go after you on that one as talking about things moving too fast because uh, I had a song that once you start talking about it I was like please don't have one of the ones I was going to mention uh, Seasons by Chris Cornell um, lead singer of Soundgarden it's a song uh, he wrote at his time in uh, Seattle about life moving too fast and wanting it to, to, to slow down to you know you're living in a great moment and it's just moving too quickly uh, some of the lyrics starts out with uh, summer nights and long warm days are stolen as this old moon falls and my mirror shows another face, another place to hide it all. And I'm lost behind the words I'll never find. And I'm left behind as seasons roll on by. So he's talking about seeing, you know, another mirror shows another face. So he's getting older. Time's moving too quickly and just he's wanting it to, to stay in the moment. And every time I hear that song, that makes me to think of you know, enjoying the time that you're in because it's just going to move quickly. Especially being a dad. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was where you were going with it, <laughs> which is, I think what you were thinking, you just didn't yeah. tie it up like that. Now, I mean, I, 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 that's a good, it's a good point. I think for, um, for me, I've got, I had a couple of different ways that I, have thought about it over the past couple of days or a few days when we were, when we picked this topic. <clears throat> so, you know, one, a little background, something I've been thinking about a, a coworker of mine one time said to me, and I've like always just, I've thought about it a lot over the years, past two or three years. He said that uh, even though I've lived, you know, I've made a choice where I live in like the DC metropolitan area and I just live a very different life than the life that I 
grew up. And he said that like something he's noticed is I've never really lost that small town, like ethos that uh, he doesn't often see other people that way after spending over a decade in a city or somewhere, especially like this area. And so I think the songs I connect with tend to be speak to that on some level. And I also think that some of the life experiences I have had also are part of it. So I think it's part like small town ethos, but also as you get older and things happen. So like becoming a dad. So the first I was, I picked one dad song and then I picked Dustin songs for the rest of it. <laughs> um, Jason Isabel has a song called letting you go. Um, he had a daughter um, and wrote a song about being a dad that actually really rings true. Um, now that I have a daughter, um, it's kind of weird saying that and thinking about that. But when you start taking care of like a little person, you start looking at it and thinking about it in a way you didn't before. And, uh, it, basically the, st- the song picks up and it's a story about them, like leaving the hospital and like, just kind of no instruction book and they're like heading home and they're nervous and they don't know what they're doing. And then she's growing, but it all just kind of like comes naturally. And like, it's just this process that ultimately the song culminates in, in him handing her off to be married and like starting the next chapter of her life. And so it's just very, uh, it's, it's very much a, a dad, like especially a dad of a daughter song, but it was a song that has really spoken to me in the past six months of my life. And uh, it's a really good one. I think it's off his newest album, but Letting You Go, Jason Isabel is one of the ones that are up there for me these days. Well, go ahead. I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great album. That's all. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a great yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very good song. Well, to uh, kind of do a complete 180 away from what Dustin just said, um, I, in like five weeks, am turning 27 years old. And as I was instructed, told by my uh, coworkers today, I'm leaving my mid-20s and entering my late-20s, which kind of sucks <laughs> to think about. And uh, It's not that bad. Yeah. And uh, it's just weird just to hear. And, you know, people start telling you how close you are to turning 30 and everything. So kind of to tie into kind of where the idea for this segment came from, I picked uh, an American Aquarium song that's very rings very true for me, I guess, right now. It's called Losing Side of 25, Uh, basically where, you know, your (laughs) your uh, friends are all kind of have kind of in the, when you get into your mid to late twenties, your friends kind of like you, they start getting married. I've been a groomsman by probably th- this year. I'm in two more weddings. I've been a groomsman eight times now. And like, like, and I still have a lot, a handful of other friends that have yet to get married. So it's just like things kind of like moving forward. And then like, like my life has moved forward, but not quite as quickly as some of my other friends. And then like both my brothers, are now married. Dustin, you know, is older and married with a kid. Now my younger brother is married, has been bought a house. And then, you know, I'm, I'm here with two roommates <laughs> renting a townhome, townhome in Raleigh. So it's just like, I kind of really relate to that song losing side of 25, kind of like how everybody's path is a little different and things change so quickly around you. So that, that song definitely, I guess at the moment really hits, hits home pretty hard. It's, and it's, uh, Engel's wife's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> it is because of the second verse about the uh 
about the food lion, the food lion bragging about <laughs> bragging about small town brags about their kid in the big city. <laughs> food lions where it's at, buddy. <laughs> so I can pivot off of that perfectly with the song I pick for my next song, and it's funny. I keep I forget this sometimes, Logan, but I'll in a couple months I'll be turning thirty seven. So, um, <laughs> we're on the same path. Not just our path to happiness, as the song says, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're both getting older around the same time. So I'm, I guess I'm out in front of you. Um, don't don't take my advice for my next song. My next song is Miranda Lambert's Vice. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. I was joking about this with my wife earlier, and she looked at me and she was like, "Yeah, you probably should pick that one." <laughs> um, I'm 37. It's about more than time to hang it up at this point in time. But uh, especially the line like at 7 a.m. with shoes in my hand said I wouldn't do it, but I did it again. I can't tell you, especially during quarantine, how many times I've woken up and I'm standing here on my computer hung over and I know I'm supposed to be presenting something or doing something. And But the second part of that line, and I know I'll be back tomorrow night. If you need me, I'll be where my, my reputation don't precede me. <laughs> standing at the sink, not looking in the mirror, don't know where I am or how I got here. Mm. The good news is Miranda Lambert was also 37 when she wrote that song. So it's working out pretty well for her. So I'm expecting it to continue to work out well for me too. So <laughs> um, I like that attitude. Yeah. So once again, to follow you, Ryan, in, in some sort of way with the next song, um, you know, and, and Logan didn't know this, but I know Ryan, you did. And Dustin, I think you probably knew me for some good parts in Wilmington, but for, but a good 10 years, I was smoking packs of cigarettes after packs of cigarettes a day. But some days I would have two packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, it was a horrible addiction that I had to try to kick way too many times, throw the pack away. I wanted to go to the store hours later and buy another pack like an idiot because I couldn't find the pack of threw away because I was so drunk. Um, and just an addiction you keep trying to kick. Sometimes you're like, I don't want to kick it because it felt so great. Um, but a song called This Addiction by uh, a punk band out of Chicago called Alkaline Trio. Um, it was a song actually about heroin addiction, but for most people who smoke cigarettes know that trying to quit cigarettes is pretty up there with a heroin addiction. Um, and it's just uh, every time I hear it, it makes me think of all the horrible days I went through trying to quit smoking, not hanging out with friends who did smoke, not going out drinking because I knew that would be the number one pathway to lighten up another cigarette. I didn't think that I would ever get to a day where I could wake up and go, I don't even know what the heck a cigarette looks like, let alone even want one. And now I, I feel like that was a life year ago that uh, I actually smoked. But it's a, re- a really good song. Um, if you ever get a chance to listen to it, it uh, talks about not wanting to quit, not wanting to stop the addiction, and then finally is uh, giving it up. You were yeah. uh, you were you were in a bad way some mornings after we went out. I was cough. I felt like I was about to cough up a lung. Uh, it was horrible. We're uh, looking at we were looking at you like, dude, like <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna quit this anytime soon. Which of course wasn't great logic on our behalf because we we're all <laughs> out drinking so you know, and what got me to quit was uh st patrick's day in, in savannah i smoked probably about a carton of cigarettes in that short 
time frame and came home, lit up half a cigarette when I met up with uh, Rhino and Harrison at the Hooters for wings and, and basketball. And I smoked half a cigarette, put it out like, I'm done with this. And they were like, no, you're not. And I, I crap you not. It was uh, March of 2007 and never bought another pack of cigarettes. Now I've occasionally had probably one when I'm with the guys while we're out drinking, but it never leads to anything ever. We swat them out of your hands at guys weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, and it's addiction that, you know, there's some days where you actually see people, um, you know, smoking and it crosses through your mind, but you just keep walking. Good song choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's fits. Um, also, uh, just on that, Morgan, how much harder was it trying not to smoke when uh, it was still able to smoke in every single indoor building in North Carolina during oh. that time? Oh, that, that last semester of, of college was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare because I sure. wanted to smoke so bad. I don't know how many holes I punched in a wall over at Ryan's house, but uh, my name on, was on a few of them. <laughs> Going to Jerry Allen's smoke clogging everyone's lungs you're just standing there just trying to enjoy life i will say it, it i will say it did feel good not to uh, smoke a pack of cigarettes every morning unless of course you were at a bar like lula's it was a shoebox <laughs> smoking but <laughs> wilmington bars sorry for those that don't know <laughs> oh, well we're just glad that you gave it up morgan thank you it was who knows where i'd be i'd be face down in a gutter somewhere right now <laughs> <laughs> well uh to move on from that point um so so i to get back you know get out of the dad songs and more in the like southern small town songs um i got i have another jason isabel song that i always love and uh outfit the name of it and it's a song that uh i've always connected with since the first time i heard it and um logan can probably affirm i feel like it it's very similar in many ways it feels like to some of our family like story in life um if it, just as the way the song progresses i mean it's not a, a play by play but there's some similarities that are striking and their tar song is is really good but the part where one of the parts i really like is where he says so don't let them take who you are boy and don't try to be who you ain't don't let me catch you in kendall with a bucket of wealthy man's paint and again kind of just going back to that that small town like ethos of you know don't forget where you come from and don't try to you know be somebody who other people expect you to be don't lose you know who you were and that song's always kind of spoke to me because of that um the whole song's really good i mean i could sit here and quote the whole thing to you but i don't want to bore people yeah my but, favorite my favorite line is the one about uh don't worry about losing your accent because a southern man tells better jokes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good one um and you know it's talking about like making sure you you stay close to your family and you know not being ashamed of being uh you know working for a living like being a, a blue collar man and 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 owning that place in life and you know it's one of those things where it's it's interesting because you know we our family in particular we we, you know we come from those blue collar roots and so it's one of those things where you that song really kind of 
talks to you in a way that a lot of other songs don't. And it doesn't do it in a way, I think it does it in a real way, not in a way like so many of the pop country songs of today kind of make it almost laughable what they talk about for small town life. That's actually a really good segue for me because I have four songs that I was going to talk about and I was going to alternate between something that's related, relatable to me in this moment to kind of like that small town kind of Southern thing back to one that's relatable to me in this moment, back to the kind of the small town thing. So I'm going to pivot to the small town kind of uh, thing. Um, and I'm throwing out there one more American aquarium song and then I promise I'm done. But uh, Southern sadness is one that always comes to mind because it's like, it basically is talking about, you know, growing up in a small town and you don't always appreciate it for what it is. And you always said you're going to be the one to get out. And I mean, I did get out. I'm, I didn't move too far. I moved 90 miles Southwest, but I, <laughs> I moved to, you know, to Raleigh and it's a little bit different here than, than it was back home here. I'm the, I'm the hick everywhere I go, according to people with the way I talk, but back home, I'm the uppie boy. So it's like, it's literally, you know, just depends on where you're at. But in, in, to kind of piggyback off of what Dustin was saying, like the, uh, there's something that kind of reminds me of stuff like our parents would say that in like the uh, first part of the song, it says, uh, don't get above your raisin boy. That's what my mama always say. Yeah, Never yeah. understood what she meant until the other day. Like that's spot on because you kind of, once, once you move and you kind of uh, get to an, a different area and you meet people from, from like different places, like you kind of look back as you get older on that small town, on the things that your parents said, and you have a different appreciation for it. And um, it's kind of like in that, uh, when I go back home and visit my buddies that still live there, it's like the Jake Owen song. I see every reason that I left, but every reason that I come back at the same time. So like Southern sadness kind of encapsulates kind of like the way I, I graduated, went to college, moved away, but I still have an affinity for uh, my hometown as even with kind of the, the aggravating things, but also a lot of the things that I like about it. I, I, I feel you on that one. Whenever I go home, it's my home, small hometown. It's like you're, you guys have it's just uh it's um it's a different feeling mm-hmm. but for me a lot of times i go home i look at these people and you know i look at them this is why i moved this is why i left because a lot of them are just stuck in the same old merry-go-round doing the exact same thing tractor, tractor supply parking lot bonfires like, nothing wrong with them but the conversations um are stuck in the same conversation from 1999 2000 yeah there's a casey musgrave song called mary i was just gonna say (laughs) i was just gonna say (laughs) and and a a good one but you know there were there were people who i thought were my good friends and the moment i left and started to slowly not come back that much anymore phone stopped ringing when i come to town i'm just another wave in the crowd it's interesting you say that logan because uh one of the songs that I thought about uh, putting on my list that stands out to me is the Scotty McCreary song, Boys From Back Home. Um, it's just a song about guys that are basically the <clears throat> chorus is that the guy misses people back home and they've all gotten older and had kids and moved on and done things with their life. But whenever he's back in North Carolina, he can always rely on those guys to come together. Um, I didn't choose that song, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, uh, Talladega, obviously, is another song that we've talked about on this podcast. Um, by Eric Church. It's just about hanging, hanging with the boys. Um, but I actually chose not to choose that song either. Um, and the reason why is because I went with a song by the band uh, Switchfoot, actually, uh, which is a song called The World You Want. 
And I figured that as opposed to taking it outside of just the podcast and just the guys, that would be a song that actually might uh, stand out a little bit more because it's about everyone <laughs> as opposed to just your friends. Um, and the keywords in there that have been ringing through my head, especially in the last year, but uh, the song's older than that, is, uh, is this the world you want? Because you're making it every day you're alive. You change the world every day you're alive. You start to look like what you believe. Um, if you change the world for you, you change it for me basically. And it's cheesy when you say it like that, but the song itself is actually pretty cool because you think like when I, you know, you get up in the morning, like, Hey, like I could do something that could really make a difference, whether it's the bless your heart segment on here. And maybe somebody hears about it or it's, you know, if it's us making somebody laugh in the car on the way to their crappy job in a crappy year, or who, who knows what, you know, I just, hopefully we're like to think you're making a difference and hopefully, you know, by whether it's giving money or giving your time with your kids or, you know, your, your kids could be growing up and your dad to them. Right. And so it, it's, it's, it's just the idea there is it, it, it's catchy. The song is catchy, but it also sticks in the back of my mind, mostly on days when I'm hungover and I don't want it to about <laughs> you change the world every day you're alive. So the idea is to, uh, to, to get up and kind of try and do something or look for a chance to help somebody out. That was, that's it, really. That's my thought process. <laughs> All right, Morgan, I think we're back to you now. Yeah, I got another one. Um, and this really is a playoff of the last one I had about uh, you know, the, the, this addiction song by Alcon Trio I was talking about. Next one that I, you know, relate to for a little while after quitting smoking was a uh, song Amazing by Aerosmith. And what he sings about is uh, he's finally getting over his, his heroin addiction and just the breath of life, new life that he had in him, waking up every day, feeling alive, amazing. And, you know, the weeks after quitting smoking, when I got to that one month period, it just felt like a whole brand new day waking up. Um, being able to breathe, not coughing, uh, clothes not smelling like cigarettes every day. <laughs> you know? And just not having that um, that that nicotine rush of having to run to the store to get that next pack of cigarettes and rip open a pack of cigarettes and light up that first uh, that, that first smoke just to get the feeling to go away. Um, so whenever I hear that song, uh, I can kind of relate in the same way. That uh, just started feeling really great as the days went on without smoking. So that, um, that's that's the last one that I had. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it's. I mean, like the song says, it's amazing. I mean, it just not having that that itch anymore is truly is amazing. I never thought that day would actually come. I was a little More proud of you, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I thought I was going to smoke till they put me in the damn grave. Well, now it'll be a whole lot later before we put you there. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just want to be a little bit positive here. Poke, poke. <laughs> no, no, no. This is miserable and reckless. And, and, and let's, let's, let's add in morbid while we're at it. <laughs> 
Well, if you keep having those kids, I hear that that puts you in the grave a little earlier each day, too. There's, there's, there's no more coming because that's all done. Because as we, we talked about earlier in the episode, Morgan is closed for business. <laughs> the shop, shop closed up Friday morning. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, to further prove to folks that uh, Logan and I are family, um, one of the, I had multiple songs on my list. I just want to mention that I also had Southern Sadness as an option in case I, in case it wasn't used. Um, I won't go in super detail about it because it's already been covered. But uh, I do think a lot of the picks that I've had to do with you. Can, you look at uh, you kind of you grow up in a small town. You grow up in a like blue collar family, and then you. Uh, both Logan and I anyway have grown up went moved to like cities now we work in the information economy as opposed to the physical good economy and there's I wouldn't use a stronger word as guilt but there's a, a a like you're an imposter or you're not where you're supposed to be kind of feeling and I think a lot of those songs uh speak to that and I think that's the underlying theme in a lot of those songs um so that's originally why I picked it um but also, you know, I was combing through like stuff that I like and a couple Alan Jackson songs I like are Small Town Southern Man and Home. Um, those are both like, you know, in Small Town Southern Man, he, he talks about, you know, he bowed his head to Jesus. He stood for Uncle Sam. He only loved one woman and he was always proud of what he had. And, you know, that kind of sums up small town America in a, in a very short way. And then on in the song Home, he's talking about always being able to count on, you know, where you come from and your family. And no matter where you're at and what's going on, you can always turn to them. And talking about the values that they instilled in you so that it would carry you forward. And um, those songs definitely stood out to me in uh, sort of my list. I could go on and on on this topic, but I know we're gonna, we got to cap it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So like I said, I, I had four songs, two were like in a grander scope that kind of dealt with more small towns and two were kind of like more in the last couple of years. And there's one, there's somebody, there's a guy that I'm actually a, a pretty big fan of that. I don't really, I guess for whatever reason, I just don't talk about his music much, but I actually really like John Mayer a lot. And um, there's a song from his 2009 battle studies uh, record that the second verse is it's always kind of makes me chuckle when I listen to it because it's kind of accurate for the last two years for me with since it's in the similar veins of like how losing side of 25, your friends are getting married. You see them less. And it, the song is called perfectly lonely. And in the uh, second verse, it says, um, I see my friends from time to time when the ladies let them slip away. And that's literally like kind of where I'm at with like seeing my friends. It's like they have to submit their permission slips just for us to be able to hang out these days. And then it kind of, it says like asking about how uh, things are going for me. It Then it goes into the chorus there. It's like nothing to do, nowhere to be a simple little kind of free. I'm just like, it's, it's literally kind of puts the dichotomy of like me with a lot of my friends who I used to see like four times a week. Now I see them maybe twice a month at the most. It's just like, it kind of encapsulates that uh, dynamic so much and how much has changed in the last like couple years compared to like three years ago. So that's a song that's always kind of like that. I, I've always kind of been like, yeah, it's, it's pretty relatable. <laughs> well, if you ever want a crappy air mattress to sleep on, you can, you can head up to Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth Maybe it. bring your own. <laughs> I, can, uh, 
Crystal and I can attest that mat air mattress sucks. Right. I hear you on the I hear you on the needing permission to uh to hang out with your friends. That's yeah. something that I've had to go through recently as well. So <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with liking John Mayer. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean look, I, I think Mayer is fantastic. It's just I don't know why. It's like one of those artists that never really comes up when I'm talking about my music interests. Logan, when he's alone, secretly listens to your body as a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> your bubblegum toes. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll close it out. I'll do my last one. I'll do it real quick. It was an easy one for me to pick. It was the first thing I thought of when I thought of this song, because it's probably, it's 100% definitely the most autobiographical song for me. Uh, I'm surprised we actually, Logan, we haven't heard of him yet. Uh, Dirk's Bentley. Oh yeah, yeah. And the name of the song is Burning Man. Uh I still don't get it right sometimes. I just don't get it as wrong. I still go a little crazy sometimes. But now I just don't stay near as long. I'm a little bit steady, a little bit rolling stone, a little bit heaven, a little bit flesh and bone, a little found, a little don't know where the hell I am. I'm a little bit holy water, a little bit burning man. That's hundred <laughs> percent accurate, although probably if I wrote it, it would be a little bit teeny, 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 tiny bit holy water, um, extravagant amount burning man. <laughs> <laughs> that would so, flow as well. Yeah. So that's definitely a song that every time I hear it, it means something to me. Um, it's definitely true for my faith. It's definitely true for the way I act. It's definitely true for the way I treat everyone. So I'm generally only in it for myself. <laughs> and then I have to stop and think about it and be like, oh, wait there's other people that are involved. I should probably, uh, <laughs> should probably think about them. So that was an easy one for me. Uh, Dirk Bentley, burning man, you nailed it. Also, I like the burning man tie in too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and go ahead. The thing that I'm most surprised about angle is that there were no EDM songs on your list. No cold play. <laughs> this, this beat really gets me. I, uh, <laughs> there's no Eric church. There's no EDM. Oh, I guess I did mention Talladega. So whatever. <laughs> Noted. And, and for Logan, I really thought he was going to go with super eight, but Jason is. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. That, that experience with the, on the super eight on market street in Wilmington about two years ago. And then I found, come to find out from the waitress at Jimbo's uh, a few months later that someone got uh, murdered two weeks after I would, was forced to stay there. Never again am I staying at a Super 8 hotel. Sleep on the beach. Yes, yeah. you're safer. <laughs> it was a disgusting place. But anyways, to wrap things up with my list, uh, one that I've always, like, in, in the grander sense of, like, growing up, especially coming, like, from a place like Running Rapids, is Back Where I Come From by Kenny Chesney. And two parts of that song in particular, like the one, like we learned in Sunday school who made the sun shine through. I know who made the moon shine to back where I come from. And, uh, like that's just a, a good example of how a lot of small towns are with the dichotomy between Saturday night and Sunday morning. That's very prevalent in, in rural areas. And, uh, then at the very end, the part that I've always really liked about that song is like, um, some say it's a backwards place, narrow minds on a narrow wage, but I make it a point to say that's where I come from. Cause it's like, you know, you can, you can kind of, uh, I guess, spread your wings and, and go on to something different, but it's important to remember your roots and remember, remember like where you came from. And I think that encapsulates that in that like closing part of that song very, very well that I think it's important to always remember that. Nice. The dichotomy between Saturday and Sunday has been written about how many times? Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and you still can't capture it. And 
Yeah. Oh yeah. But well, that wraps up our uh, segment on our relatable slash autobiographical songs. And now it's time for a recurring segment from Ryan and I to recuse ourselves as we always do, seeing as we are not fathers and we're going to bring back daddy daycare. I think it's first time since like episode five, I want to say. So turn it over to the two dads in the group. It's been a while. Yeah. It has has been a while. Y'all, y'all can comment. Y'all just don't have any stories to You both, you both have nieces. So, you know, you can jump somewhat in here. I think it's funny that almost right on cue, both of you went to the same dad hand motion of hands behind your head. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, well, it's our turn to talk now. <laughs> let me, let me tell you. Um, Here come the cheesy jet dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that actually should be a segment. We should talk about cheesy dad uh, jokes and statements. Um, no, I think uh, Morgan and I were, th- we're talking about, and we can take this whichever way you want, Morgan, but, either songs you sing your kids to go to sleep or, and, or just music that you're sharing with your, your kids these days. So feel free to run with either of those Morgan. We can kind of go both, you know, when I usually want to take Brody to school and, and pick him up. Um, I usually try to put on some kind of music I like or listen to, uh, kind of have a, like a, a music lesson as, as so to speak. Um, Friday I introduced, uh, what was it I sent you guys? Um, REM, right? Huh? REM, correct. Yeah. We listened to, listen to REM on the way to school. So, kind of increasing our music knowledge there. Maybe uh, next week we'll throw some Leonard Skinner. Yeah. You're going to tell him who the real Southern rock bands are and that 38 Special is an imposter band. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and Sons is, is not, neither is Kings of Leon. <laughs> Sonny Ledford agreed with me. <laughs> he's not the end all be all. Appreciate it this time, but he's that doesn't make him an expert. <laughs> but um as far as uh um like what I sing to to Brady when I'm putting him down um to sleep. I usually have a couple I'll jump around with uh Row, row, row your boat is usually a big hit with him. He usually dozes off on that one. If not, I got my classic, uh, the wheels on the bus, because you can extend that one about as long as you want to. As much crap as you can make up on the bus, you know. Yeah, you can make that going forever. Oh, yeah. That's like 99 bottles of beer on the wall. I was actually just thinking that. <laughs> Morgan, do you, have to, do you have to sing to put him down every, every time? Usually, wow. Although I'm going to start transitioning away from just kind of getting him calm and laying him in, in the crib and walking away because he's got to start to learn to uh, go to sleep on his own. Hmm. Yeah, we we sing a few songs to Emmy every single time, and so I've got like a list that I run through because um, I put her down at night. Jenny does it usually during the day, but she loves Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, so that's one of them. Uh, we, I sing Jesus Loves Me to her at night. Um, I also do Soft Kitty. Any, any Big Bang fans out there? Big Bang Theory? <laughs> the, the looks on your face that says that you don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. <laughs> Land, Landon and Mom, I think, would watch that show, but I, it was never my thing. I was like, ha-ha, yeah. they're nerds. Yeah. Well, 
Sheldon on the show has a, a song his mom used to sing to him, and it's called Soft Kitty. Google it, pull it up on YouTube, and you'll see what I end up singing to her. <laughs> um, and then we, I usually transition into The Gambler. I sing a little bit of that by Kenny Rogers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I go from there to the Golden Girls theme song. That one's been a long time favorite. She's she's loved that one since she was little. And then I usually like roll back to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to close the loop. And then she's like, all right, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> you yes. think you think Emmy ever sits there and is like, come on, dad, deviate away from the set list. <laughs> play, play the deep cuts, not just the hits. Sometimes you got to change it up. Sometimes you got to change up the routine you put them in. Like sometimes I'll also go classic ABCs with Brody and, you know, she likes that one. Yeah. Um, isn't quite there yet for the, the singing to sleep. She kind of yeah. just doze off. Yeah. You're just hoping she falls asleep, not having to try to get her to sleep. <laughs> but before long, I'll have a, I'll have, I guess, a, a two show, two show night going on. <laughs> <laughs> he is like the Eric Church double down tour. Yeah, he's like his road trip to Morgan's. <laughs> that that'll mean Chris will both be doing it. We'll have two stages going on at the same time. Which stage you want to come to tonight? Bridget <laughs> stage. Any uh funny or like bad stories recently, Morgan? Oh, let's see here. Brody still throws himself onto the ground and throws a temper tantrum whenever I'm holding and rocking Bridget. Um, he's now <laughs> trying to stand on top of his to- his uh, toys to get higher up while staring at you and grinning like, I know this is going to hurt, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, grinning, grinning like, <laughs> yeah. this is going to hurt, buddy. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> he won't He won't be if he makes a fall. We got a friend who's little kid, uh, little boy got to be a daredevil time and broke his foot. Oof. He's like a year old. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, really I'm, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. He's starting to want to stand on top of his chair instead of sitting on it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're just running around playing defense. <laughs> he just nodded quietly. <laughs> times are when, are when start to start screaming. Bridget will be crying real loud and Brody's like, oh, let me join in. He's like, <laughs> it's almost like he's mocking her crying. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your reaction when that starts? Just which one can I calm down first? <laughs> I was expecting to see you like pull your hair out or something. <laughs> <laughs> And no, that's daddy out the front door. <laughs> He's going out for milk and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> for folks who don't know, that's code for uh, I'm never coming back. <laughs> this got this got dark immediately. <laughs> yeah, miserable and reckless. We so we went from one of, which one of us would be going milk and cigarettes, Crystal or me? <laughs> <laughs> So in this uplifting, to wrap up this uplifting daddy daycare, we went from Will's on the bus and fun little kid songs to we're running out for milk and cigarettes and never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, nothing but positivity here on Mesoville, right? There's always nothing but positivity on Daddy Daycare. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's a little window into mine and Morgan's world. Brody's definitely saying more words now, which is pretty cool. Uh, there we go. There's a positive. You got to teach him some good ones like race car, moonshine, whiskey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Mm, occasional F bomb, probably, which is probably good. <laughs> <laughs> is that from mommy or daddy? <laughs> uh. <laughs> we, have a bet. we have a bet going. Who who is he going to learn from first? <sighs> yeah, well, you'll they they begin to pair it once. You know what they you know what they say. They you know what they say. You know, bad words is a sign of intelligence. <laughs> I'm going to start telling people that. Don't say nice things. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up that segment. And that's uh, this episode of Miserable and Reckless. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. And we'll see you next week.